0: Dear friends, in Jesus Christ, great to have you with us here tonight on this New Year's Eve 2022. So here is the final sermon of the year here at Bethlehem. It's based on a section of Luke chapter 12. Earlier in the chapter, the Bible tells us Jesus had an audience of thousands of people. Try to imagine that. Jesus is the speaker thousands of people and this is a little bit of what he shared with those crowds jesus ended up pointing out that the pharisees for the most part maybe not all of them for the most part they are actors so outside they looked very religious very proper but on the inside they were evil they didn't care about god they cared about themselves That was a tough thing for Jesus to say, but because he cared about the people, he wanted to warn them. Also, too, he said to the people, fear God, not people. So what do people want us to do? They want us to fear them. But what God wants us to understand is the worst that people can do to us is they can physically put us to death. Why should we fear God? God can do much more than that. God can send us to eternal punishment. So we should fear God. We should not fear people. Also, too, Jesus told us, do not be greedy. Some people think that, oh, I have this and this and this, and if I can only get more, look at the great person I am. Jesus said our lives do not consist in what we have. Our lives consist in our relationship with God and our relationship with people. They do not consist in what we have. So as we go into the new year, let's not have this idea that, oh, I want to accumulate this and this and this. Why don't we go into the new year saying, I want to grow in my relationship with God. I want to be closer to those people that I know. I want to have significant things with people and with God that will be good in this life and will carry on into eternity. And then Jesus said to the people, do not worry. He wanted them to understand that God has given them the gift of life. So because God has done that, God will give us food for the life that we have. God has given us our bodies, so God will give us clothes to put on our bodies. We should not be like the rest of the world who do not trust in God. Rather, we should trust in him. We should not worry. We should be confident he will supply what we need. Well, we come now to Jesus' instruction to his disciples on the importance of always being ready for his return. So we are in Luke chapter 12 We're at verse 35, and in this verse here, I'm thinking about ready clothes and ready lamps. So Jesus said here, be dressed in readiness and keep your lamps lit. What can we say about that? Well, regarding clothes, what did people wear back at that time? They wore clothes that were very long, kind of a long robe, and it fit very loosely, However, though, when someone was either working or they were getting ready to work, kind of like the center I have around my waist right now, people would have some kind of a belt and they would tighten that up. So when Jesus said, be dressed in readiness, he was talking about getting your belt tightened up and being ready to go to work in an instant. So he's saying, be ready. Ready. Now, this is all pointing to his return, but this is the beginning of it. He wants us to know it's so important to be ready. And then, thinking on the topic of lamps. So, maybe we don't burn too many candles in our houses, at least for light, but we have electricity, we have electric lights, so we are blessed in that way. But think about your home in the evening. There comes a time where you are turning off the lights. That's probably indicating that you're about ready to get into bed and you're hoping you can go right to sleep and get a good night's sleep. Well, what Jesus is saying here, he's saying, keep your lamps lit. In other words, he's saying, keep being ready. In other words, don't go to sleep spiritually. Don't go to sleep spiritually. Isn't that the world we live in today? They are in either spiritual sleep, or with so many, they have already spiritually died. So they're dead, and they don't even know it. Very sad situation. Well, and then coming to the next part here, Jesus is saying, be ready to open immediately. So pick it up in verse 36, he said, Be like men who are waiting for their master when he returns from the wedding feast, so they may immediately open the door to him when he comes and knocks. Have you ever had this happen? Maybe you heard a knock at your front door, and then maybe you yelled to the person, hey, wait a minute, and I'll be right there. If you ever said that, that means you were not ready to go to the door when you heard the knock. You had to ask for a little bit of mercy. You had to ask for a minute or so to do whatever you had to do to get ready. Let's understand that Jesus was telling his disciples, with what I just read, he was telling them, hey guys, I'm going to ascend and I'm going to be with the Father for quite a while and then I'm going to return at the end of the world. That's what he was indicating to them. So Readiness is absolutely vital, so Jesus wants us to understand that right the very moment that he comes, time will end right at that moment, and any opportunity to be able to put away our sins or to repent, it'll be too late, that opportunity will be gone. Nobody should say, oh, when I begin to see that bright light in the sky, then I'm going to repent. Well, that would be utter foolishness because it's going to happen so fast. Like the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, in the twinkling of an eye, Jesus will return. So it is essential to always, always be ready. So he's using this idea about the master coming to the door, and as soon as they hear the knock immediately they should open up that door. They should just be completely ready. So again, he's not talking about never sleeping. He's not talking about sitting right by the door so you can open it. But he's talking about in a spiritual way being in repentance, being always ready for our Lord Jesus Christ to be there at the door. And if we are ready, there's going to be no delay in opening And if we're not opening right away, well, then it's too late to repent. He wants us to understand it that way. And then coming to the third part here, we have a completely unexpected twist. In verse 37, Jesus said, Blessed are those slaves whom the master will find on the alert when he comes. Truly I say to you that he... Who are we talking about? We're talking about the master. So he will gird himself to serve and have them, talking about the slaves, recline at the table, and will come up and wait on them. Did you catch what that said? Isn't that amazing? It's not that the slaves are going to open right away and wait on the master, but the master is going to tell the slaves to sit down, and he is going to wait on them. What is that pointing to? That is pointing to some of the amazing surprises that the Almighty God has in store for us when we are finally with him forever. Is it going to be like, oh, we're going to heaven, and now we're going to be working and working and serving God? No, it's saying the opposite. It's saying that God is going to warmly welcome us and then he's going to be serving us and providing for us and it's going to be just like so amazing and so awesome. So the whole idea here is that God wants us to be like so excited about that that that's going to give us some gospel encouragement to always be ready, to always be repentant. And then... In the next part here, uh, the ready are going to be blessed. So a little bit similar, kind of carrying on with the same topic here. Verse 38, Jesus said, Whether he comes in the second watch or even in the third and finds them ready, blessed are those slaves. So the second watch of the night, that would be from 9 o'clock at night until midnight. The third watch would be from midnight until 3 in the morning. Now imagine you got up maybe at 5 or 6 in the morning, and now when you get to around 9 o'clock and beyond at night, oh my goodness, that's a time where it's easy to become tired, it's easy to become unprepared. That's what Jesus is indicating here. So again, Jesus is giving us some great encouragement in order to remain ready. He's saying, hey guys, it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. That's what he wants us to know. So he's saying, be diligent about it, encourage each other in it, let's all be ready, and let's all have God's eternal blessings. And then Coming to the final part here, unexpected requires always. So, in our final two verses here, Jesus said, But be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would have not allowed his house to be broken into. You too, be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. Now, there are some things in life that could be a blessing to us if we knew them in advance. I say could now. Now, one example would be, like if we knew what the lottery numbers were going to be tomorrow, so we could buy those tickets today, and then we'd have all this money, and then we would feed all the hungry people in the world. That would be an awesome thing, wouldn't it? Or if we knew the score of maybe the football games, well, we could bet on the football games and we could make all those people in Las Vegas sad because we just knew all the right answers and we won all this money. And then we could do something awesome with it and honor our great God. Or if we knew exactly when Jesus was coming, then we could have a special time of preparation and then right when he comes, we're opening the door and everything is amazing. Well, with none of that stuff, we do not know in advance, so we only have one viable option here, and that is to always be ready when it comes to our Lord Jesus Christ, to always be ready. Well, let me give you uh, five reasons or five ways how we can always be ready. So number one, uh, regarding the Bible, keep reading it, and it's also so critical, keep thinking about it. I'm afraid that many people hear it or they read it, but they're just not thinking about it. The Bible tells us to meditate on the Word of God day and night. So may God help us in that way. And then with sin, keep being sorry and keep turning from it. Never get to the point where we say, I just keep getting pulled in this direction. I've tried to stop going in that direction. I'm just going to give up on stopping, and I'm just going to dive headfirst into that sin. Let's never, ever do that. Let's understand what God says is wrong. Let's be sorry that we're getting pulled into that direction, and let's keep asking God to help us to stop going that way and to go the way that is pleasing to him. When it comes to divine service, keep attending because we are gathered in the presence of God in a special way to hear his word. The Holy Spirit is at work to help us understand it. We hear the bad news that we are sinners. We hear the good news that in Christ we are forgiven based on who he is, based on all that he has done. And then we get to receive the supper and Jesus is saying to each one of us individually, "Here." This is my body that I gave for you. Here is my blood I shed for you. I want you to be completely certain that because of who I am and because of what I have done, Your sins are forgiven. Why does God offer us that every week? Because he knows that we are sinners. He knows that every day we are falling into sin, and he wants us to gather on a weekly basis and get that great assurance that we are forgiven. And then what about with Jesus? Keep trusting in him no matter what. It doesn't matter if you're like the best church member in the world, if you're giving all the money to the church, if you're helping all your neighbors. Never begin to trust in who you are or what you are doing. Let's always keep trusting in Jesus for eternal life. And finally, the last one, with others, what should we keep doing? We should keep showing love for them. Now, sometimes to show love for people is not always to tell them what sounds nice. Sometimes the greatest way to love someone is to tell them the truth of the Bible, even though it can be very harsh. Now, when John the Baptizer called those Pharisees a brood of vipers, that wasn't very nice, was it? But did he love them? Was he trying to open their eyes to see the truth of the bad situation they were in so they might repent and believe he was. So sometimes we have to say something really hard, but that is actually the most loving thing to do. Or what about forgiving? We should be forgiving everyone, whether they are sorry or not, God calls us to forgive them. Whether it was a big sin or a little sin against us, God calls us to forgive them. So important, think about the fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer. When we are holding back on forgiveness from others, God will hold back on forgiveness from us. And then finally, helping people. So God wants us to remember who we are. We are the forgiven children of God. We have resources. We have abilities. So God is saying, pay attention to other people. See the needs that they have. And then as we are able, he wants us to take action to help them with their needs and to do that helping in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So as we help them, that can be a way for us to point Them to Jesus if they don't know him already. May God help us to step into 2023, using the Bible, sorrow for sin, being in divine service each week, trusting in Jesus, and being used by God to be a special blessing to others. Let us pray. Dear Lord Jesus, Since we know that true readiness for your glorious return is essential, we humbly ask you to protect us from the forces of evil. We ask you to keep us in true repentance. We ask you to use us to be an eternal blessing to others so that whether you come tonight, whether you come in 2023, or whenever it is that you come, that we and many others will be ready to immediately open the door for you. Dear Jesus, in your holy name we pray. Amen.